the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Dennis Dodd. I'm Chip Patterson. You see those sirens in your feed. You know exactly what that means, an emergency podcast. And we do it with news that does not come with the kind of shock and surprise that often is with these emergency podcasts. But it is a major development, and it moves us forward as we look at the future of, I mean, to be dramatic, college athletics. So, Dennis Dodd, we officially find out that the Big 12 has extended invitations to BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. We have, as we are recording right now and live on YouTube, youtube.com slash cover three, we have press conferences coming up at all four institutions where we expect that um, they will be accepting these invitations. The Big 12 got its eight members together after Texas and Oklahoma left. They committed to each other. We are moving to the future with 12 members. Hey, that's exciting. So I would say that as uh, as we're sitting here and, you know, before we get out of here, I might ask you what you think about Ohio State, Oregon, since you are in Columbus right now preparing for the biggest game of the weekend. But on the Big 12 front, um, what do you think are the important questions that you have or that might be answered now that we have solidified what was expected with four institutions, specifically these four joining the Big 12? Well, first of all, it's a head rush because it's happened so quickly. You know, remember this started on July 21st, and we're not even close to two months since this has happened. That being said, is the Big 12 done? Um, I don't think they are. Uh, not anytime soon, but I think they're going to try to corner the market on, you know, basically destabilize all of the group of five, maybe destabilize the Mountain West. They've already cut apart the American. Um, to make their case for staying in the power five. I mean, a lot of people in the Big 12 think that's a fait accompli already, that it's going to happen. But it, the, the power five right now is like the same question is, what is the cloud? What is power five? What does that even mean right now? Um, because it only means something when those commissioners get in the room chip uh, for the new expanded playoff and start dividing that playoff revenue. Okay, Big 12, you get a full share a uh, group of five, you get to split X amount of million dollars. That's where the line comes. And I think what they're doing here, what the play is now after these four, is to maybe go to 14 and just strengthen numbers, something they've never had. Um, you know, they only have six original members right now with these four coming in. So the more they can bring in, uh, the, the more fortified they feel for the future, I think. So the when they decided not to expand in 2016, one of the comments coming from that and that process included all of these schools by the way including the reports that these were among the final choices so not a hard process if you want to expand you've already done most of your homework but when you when we heard the reports the big 12 said you know none of these schools are going to increase uh you know the financial bottom line for all of our schools there's not one school or there's not a group of schools that we feel is going to really enhance uh where we want to be from the financial side 
doesn't it feel like that is still the case even with these moves like financially there is not um there's not a giant benefit from adding any one of these it's like that was the old school um the old school thinking and realignment i'm reading this and tell me if i'm wrong i'm reading this more of a case of survival for the big 12 where they just figured you mentioned strength in numbers there's like even if you know we're adding more pieces of the pie that have to be doled out just having a pie is more important because right. you were you were right on the cusp of being picked apart, having the same fate that the Big East had during another wave of realignment. Absolutely correct. This is this is a huge step up for those American teams. They're making about seven million per year in media rights money, media revenue. I've projected that with these four, the Big Twelve is going to be at about twenty to twenty-five million. Um, but you have to understand they're currently getting 37 million in uh, in media money for the four years left on this contract with Fox and ESPN. So there's going to have to be some belt tightening in those existing Big 12 schools. But so it's not a it's not the catastrophe it looked like because the catastrophe it looked like on July 21st was that there would be no Big 12. Right. These schools would just go their separate ways. They hung together long enough to put together a plan. And I guess you got to give. Bob Bowlesby and, and his people a lot of credit for doing this so fast, as I mentioned. But yeah, there's going to have to be some belt tightening. And I, I think if they are in the power five, there's no question then they're going to be the lowest resource power five. And I think by a big margin because the Pac-12 deal is up in three months, I'm sorry, three years. The Big 10 is up in two years. And then the Big 12 has to wait four more years to get this, uh, to get their new deal done again. When I'm when that's done, I think it'll be worth about twenty to twenty-five million. Some are saying more, but uh, yeah, that it is a case of survival. In two thousand sixteen, a big part of this was the Big Twelve not uh, doing it in good faith. There was a clause in the contract, and God bless whoever got this clause in at at that time. That if the Big Twelve added any four teams any four teams. It was worth a, a billion dollars to the league. They could have brought in these four. In fact, these four were probably the favorites in 2016 and would have got a billion dollars. The Big 12 didn't think they added worth. And I think a big part of that was they didn't want to upset ESPN. Yes, the irony. Um, in 2010, the ESPN uh, stepped up when uh, those schools left, when Nebraska left A&M, Colorado, stepped in and said, we're going to pay you for 10 the same we did for 12. The, the, the Big 12 returned the favor in 2016 when they didn't activate that clause. And then, as you saw in July, you know, Bob Bowlesby blasted ESPN for a quote unquote conspiracy to tear his league apart. So uh, no love lost, I guess. So with the um, with with the irony, with the twists and turns, you mentioned the big four letter word, which is sort of. Uh, moving behind the scenes. Everyone wonders how much uh, string pulling is going on. Uh, what is next for the American Athletic Conference, uh, a league that just lost its uh, New Year's Six representatives multiple times over in UCF, its New Year's Six representative from a year ago in Cincinnati, uh, a Houston team that has, I believe, also been in the New Year's Six. Like, what, do, what does Mike Oresco, what does the rest of that league do at this point uh, having lost some of its strongest football programs. Well, they're going to backfill, and I think they're going to backfill pretty quickly. Uh, what is not to be determined is if they go west and try this coast-to-coast -coast strategy that Mike Oresco tried in 2012 and 13, 
with the old Big East. It fell apart. Remember that? Uh, TCU, Boise State, San Diego State. They were in until they were in it, until they weren't. I remember TCU, I think it was a matter of weeks or days or something, they were in the Big East. And then it all fell apart. So there's some question whether Mike Oresco wants to do that and get big and, again, strengthen numbers um, and try to be whatever the P6 thing is to him. I don't, I don't know what that means right now. Um, but they are going to backfill probably with four and probably pretty quickly. My other big question here is about timeline. Um, BYU, I believe, with its own, he's got it. They got to get out of the WCC. They are independent in football. I believe that they are looking at a timeline that is 2023. Uh, some other reports here in the last hour have indicated that 2023 is also the target date for Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, which is interesting because depending on what kind of timeline Texas and Oklahoma are put on, that would leave two years, unless they get out early, where Texas and Oklahoma and UCF and Houston and BYU and Cincinnati are all competing in a 14-team Big 12. What do you think – What? how do you project uh, the timeline of all this to go for the ins and outs of the Big 12 membership? Yeah, I've seen that report, and I've seen the timeline, and I believe it to be true, and I also believe that Oklahoma and Texas are going to hang on um, – not hang on, but stay in the league – for the four full years and for two years playing a 14 team big 12, because that's been the intent of the big 12 all along to keep them in the league as soon as possible, get that money for 37 million that they're owed at least those eight original schools uh, now 10 original schools of Texas and Oklahoma state. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a little bit of speed dating in the, in the big 12 there with those two, you know, going in and out four coming in and then being at 12, and as I've said, probably getting to 14 again really soon after that. So the if the Big 12 is not done, as you said at the very beginning of the show, do we just go right back to the same old list of candidates and wonder whether or not um, a Boise State is up next? You know, like What are some of those schools that you think are now on the uh, post? Because I would imagine that the way you played this out, you play with 14, Texas and Oklahoma leave, and you've just gotten used to playing 14. You've put in a league structure, you put in a conference schedule, and so you fill them with a new 13th and 14th. Who are the schools that might be in the running there? Uh, you just named them. You have to look at the schools that have been to New Year's Six Bowls uh, because I think the Big 12 is going to try to corner the market on the best teams available and make make those commissioners say you can't draw a line above us because we've got the most best schools available after Texas and Oklahoma left. So what does that leave? A, a Boise's been to multiple New Year's Six Bowls or BCS Bowls, if you will. Uh, Memphis, um, the only other three on the board that have even been there are Hawaii, Northern Illinois, and Western Michigan. I don't think you're going to see them uh, of any interest in the Big 12. So I would start with those two and probably have a really short list. So the Sunbelt Commissioner released a very aggressive statement at the start of the day, uh, indicating the commitment of all of the institutions to each other, that if there is a move out there to be made, the Sunbelt is ready to be aggressive. You know, we, we are touting the fact that we had more um, non-A5 autonomy five teams in the top 25 polls going in, the playoff rankings last year. Of course, we're looking at a Louisiana and Appalachian State and now a recent Coastal Carolina program that are, what, top 
30, top 35 programs without a doubt. Is the Sun Belt trying to play defense against the American, or is the Sun Belt maybe trying to make a bigger move and uh, entertain uh, one of the other American schools that has now lost one of its football power? Yeah, I, I think Sun Belt's trying to stay together uh, okay. because they're the bo- bottom of the food chain, if you will, among the 10 FBS conferences. And it, you know, you got to look at an App State or a Coastal Carolina, somebody who's been uh, really good lately. Um, that that may be uh, maybe an enticement for some of those conferences above them. So I think you have to look at that. Uh, this is going to be uh, a progressive raid, if you will. You know, the Americans going to take some teams, and what does Conference USA do to survive? And I thought at the end of the day that when Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC, that we might end up with one one less net conference in FBS and we'd be down to nine. I don't think that's going to happen now. There are too many schools that are applying for FBS membership or will. So if the Sun Belt really gets hit, then I don't know if you know this, Chip, but the WAC is coming back in football. The WAC. Um, they're playing, they have a, an agreement with the Atlantic Sun. They're playing F, an FCS schedule this year. So there's a bunch of schools there that want to be in FBS. So it's going to replenish itself. It's just going to take a matter of years. Do you think that, does that mean that the number of FBS programs could be going up here in the next decade? Oh, yeah. It's been going up for, for a long, long time. Um, when, in 1977, when the college football uh, association formed, there were 62 teams, I think, in the CFA and 90 teams below that. The The group of five was 90 teams back then. Uh, 41 of them either uh, don't play football anymore or funded at a lower resource level. And it's been growing for years. It used to be, you know, 10 years ago, it was 120. Now it's 130. And, and I'm not saying it's a wise decision financially. Some, some of these schools are throwing good money after bad but they see a brand for their school, not just a football program, but a brand of being FBS. We got a, a question here as we are live on youtube.com slash cover three. RR asks, why no SMU? Uh, I will quote a source directly from SMU. Um, both entities, the Big 12 and the American are already in Texas. SMU has uh, a history since the death penalty of uh, not winning. They're, they're winning. They're doing okay lately. It's a private school. It's a small school with not a huge fan base. So I think that might work against it. I'm not saying SMU's out. I'm just saying the, the odds are working against it because there's other schools, better schools that are more attractive in Texas than SMU. Um, and then I would say that, you know, we've hit the – timeline the expectation that big 12 uh, will try to be at 14 hang on to texas and oklahoma as much as possible do you think that texas and oklahoma have interest in leaving early and do they have the finances to pay the massive exit fee and get out early oh i absolutely think they want to get out early i think there's people in the big 12 expect them to leave early they won't say that out loud it just becomes a question of what the process is you know do they get into into negotiations Hey, if you let us out early, you know, can we give you 60 instead of 80 million or something like that? Because I will tell you, ESPN and the SEC can't wait to get their hands on that inventory that Texas and Oklahoma would create. So while the expectations that they're going to stay four years, I think the entities I just mentioned want them sooner than that. 
And uh, for those just joining before we get out of here, Jack asks, are there enough reputable programs for the Big 12 to want to expand to possibly 16 teams? Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard that. Um, no, I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I just have, I have not heard that at all yet. A little bit more. 14 is probably the number that uh, – 14 looks like the number for now, yep. And it all starts with getting to 12 with BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston all accepting invites on this Friday. Okay, right, we'll, we'll do one more question before we get – Dennis is in Columbus, by the way. Follow him on Twitter at Dennis.CBS for everything Ohio State, Oregon. He will also be on CBS Sports HQ for the Cover 3 Takeover uh, CBS Sports HQ every 4 p.m. on Friday. Cover three takeover. Dennis will be with us uh, for that. Also having interviews with both Ryan Day and Mario Cristobal. All right. Question is, with the four new additions, is there a point where these teams dominate the league like they have been the AAC with more revenue and better recruits? Uh, see, that's the problem with the Big 12 as it exists. Without the Texas and Oklahoma, there's no there there. Um you know, that they, that was the worth of the conference. And Oklahoma, at least on the field, dominated. But Texas dominated in the boardroom and in revenue and decision-making as well. So, no, I don't think so. I, uh, BYU is better, um, you know, than they have been. Houston has been consistent. Um, Cincinnati, obviously, has been to, is, is a top-ten team right now, and it's been to uh, New Year's Six Bowls. I don't see anybody dominating, you know, even UCF. UCF doesn't open Florida to, to open recruiting for the Big 12 in Florida. Big 12 schools can go to Florida anytime they want and recruit in half. And that includes Texas and Oklahoma. So, yes, it's a market. It's one of the biggest schools in the country. Um, does, does it get better with better exposure? Yes, absolutely. But I don't think it, you know, if that's a, that, that'd be worth another podcast, Chip. Who's the favorite in the in the 12 team Big 12 as we look at it right now? Well, I tell you, I, I think that every one of these programs shows up to the conference. And if Texas and Oklahoma are still here, this is not the case. But when it is resettled, every one of these programs should expect to compete for conference championships. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's no reason why UCF or Cincinnati uh, in particular, and then I would say maybe Houston or BYU as well, that why they should look across the landscape – and see, like, yes, you know, who knows who's coaching Iowa State by the time we get to that. But, you know, West Virginia's a good program. Baylor is, has played for Big 12 championships in recent years. Oklahoma State, consistently a top 25 program. But Oklahoma's been the one in that league. And it ain't even been Texas when it comes to winning championships. So it's wide open uh, for any one of those programs to be able to go and make a run at it. Well, Dennis, we'll let you get off to your interviews. Go uh, go send Cover 3's best to Ryan Day. We appreciate you uh, jumping on. You can follow him on Twitter at Dennis Dodd CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Dennis, thank you very much. You bet. Thanks, Chip. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.